0: It's philosophy talk. To function aboard a starship or in any human activity, you must learn to form relationships. (sighs) so hard. And of more immediate importance is your ability to work within groups. As
1: robots integrate into our lives, how will they figure out how to interact with us socially?
0: When one of my friends is distraught, I have learned that the thoughtful thing to do is to attempt to make him feel more comfortable.
2: Robots have a hard time reading subtle cues like body language, eye gaze, or facial expression, things we pick up on automatically.
0: Is that what is known as a poker face?
3: Are you playing or not?
1: Can social intelligence be taught to a non-social
2: being? Will there ever be a robot Mary Poppins?
1: I am fundamentally interested in robots that help people.
2: Our guest is computer scientist Elaine Short from Tufts University. The social lives of robots. I
1: enjoy pleasing humans. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. On Thursday, March 7th, join us for the next live recording of Philosophy
2: Talk on the Stanford campus. We'll be thinking about Shakespeare's Outsiders with David Sterling Brown, author of Shakespeare's White Others. This event is free and open to the public.
1: Everybody welcome. More information at philosophytalk.org.
2: That's Thursday, March 7th, 7 p.m. at the Stanford Humanities Center.
1: And gentlemen in Stanford now abed shall think themselves accursed they were not here.
2: Could a robot ever really understand you? Could it at least help your kids play well with others? Would you trust a robot to take care
1: of your child? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you via the studios of KALW
2: San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today,
1: it's the first episode in our new series, The Human and the Machine, generously sponsored by HAI, the Stanford Institute for Human-Centered Artificial Intelligence.
2: And we're kicking off the series by thinking about the social lives of robots.
1: (laughs) The social lives of robots? What are they, hanging out with other robots? Going to robot dinner parties or
2: something? No, (laughs) that sounds like a cool party. I hope I get invited. No, uh, the thought is that robots are interacting with human beings more and more and, and and we are social creatures so if robots are going to end up assisting us they'd better learn to read social cues you know like knowing what we're looking at what our facial expressions mean and they'd also better learn to behave so that we feel comfortable interacting with them
1: all ah, right so we're talking about developing socially intelligent robots exactly okay i see what you're saying but i don't see the point so computers are amazing and lots of kinds of intelligence. You know, they can calculate pi to a thousand digits. They can let you order pizza with a click of a button. They they can show you what you'd look like if your face got combined with an ocelot. I mean, why do we also need them to be our best friend?
2: Well, we're not really talking about computers here, Ray. We're talking about robots. A, a robot has a kind of body and it, it can move around in space. So so robots need to be able to perceive and navigate different kinds of environment. And they need to be able to figure out how to behave themselves in those different environments. Sure, sure. Robots are not laptops. I get that. But robots are like laptops. I mean,
1: robotic intelligence is computational. Their behavior is just a result of ones and zeros. How do you get social intelligence out of that?
2: Well, okay, I'm I'm no computer scientist, but I don't know, can't we develop algorithms that allow robots to model and mimic human behavior? Is, isn't that what machine learning is all about? Yeah, clearly
1: that's the goal, but how are we going to do that? Our social intelligence doesn't just come from manipulating numbers and computing data. We have empathy. We, we perceive meaning in facial expressions. We just naturally follow each other's eye gaze. Even a newborn baby has more social skills than a robot.
2: Well, sure, okay, socially intelligent robots are going to be very different from human beings. I mean, we are talking about artificial intelligence, after all. Haha, so you're admitting that it's never
1: going to be as good as a real human being? Why bother then? Robots already help us deliver packages and, and, like, weld stuff. Do we really need them to be nurses and teachers? Let's leave those jobs to the real people.
2: I, I don't know. I think there's all sorts of reasons to be enthusiastic about robot nurses. I mean, look, a, a ton of ro- nursing work is hugely physically demanding, like, you know, helping people sit up or get out of bed. Uh, human nurses could do other stuff, you know, the, the stuff where the human touch is really important a, a, and let the robots do all the heavy lifting.
1: Yeah, but if that's all the robot is doing, why does it need to have social intelligence? I mean, why not just work on designing robots that are really good at
2: lifting people out of bed? Well, because patients are individuals. We don't all have the same needs as each other. Let's say your robot's lifting someone out of bed and they feel discomfort somewhere in their body. Look, A really good robot would be able to know that just by looking at them and immediately adjust what it's doing. Okay, so you're
1: saying if robots are going to be interacting with us and and assisting us with all these tasks, they need to be able to anticipate our needs based on things like body language. And that's why they need to be socially intelligent?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to our guest this week, Elaine Short, a computer scientist who actually works on designing socially assistive robots. And she's going to tell us how to get social intelligence out of an algorithm? I hope so. In the meantime, we sent our roving philosophical reporter Holly J. McDeed to find examples of how robots are impacting the social lives of humans and other creatures. She files this report.
4: Before we get to the social lives of humans, we'll start with another creature known for sophisticated rituals, complex societies, and brains.
3: Bees. There's so much to learn and it's just, you know, quote unquote, just an insect. Though I think They almost have one million neurons in their brains.
4: Tim Longroff is a roboticist at the Free University of Berlin. A few years ago, he began using robots to better understand this thing bees do called the waggle dance.
3: It basically looks like the bees shaking from side to side and then turning left and doing that waggle again and turn right. So it kind of looks like a shape of a figure eight.
4: It's not just a dance, it's a way to communicate with other bees where the food is.
3: It's not just, hey, I found food. It's, hey, I found food. It's really good. Uh, You gotta go that direction and you gotta fly that far and then you'll find something there.
4: So he got to work designing a bee robot that would replicate the waggle dance. But it turns out bees won't listen to just any old robot. In fact, they had a very different reaction.
3: All the things that we tried putting in, the first time was kind of attacked. They tried to drag it out. They like bite it, and by biting it, they have like pheromone that marks those bites. And then it starts that everybody's coming in, bites and nags and drags it away.
4: This work took years. Tim remembers the first time the experiment finally seemed to work.
3: We saw bees actually running after the dancing robot. And they do that in a very specific kind of pattern And I remember I was like, I was freezing. I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I continue here?
4: The thing is, sometimes the bees responded to the dance in the way the researchers wanted. Sometimes they didn't.
3: And why that is, is it because the dance, the robot dance was not nice enough or not good enough?
4: Our desire to use robots to understand bees says a lot about us. Humans are curious and sometimes meddlesome but researchers are also designing robots to help improve how we interact with each other.
0: Robots offer a unique kind of stimulus. They're odd in that they, in many ways, seem lifelike, but they're not really alive.
4: Brian Scasolotti is a professor of computer science and mechanical engineering at Yale University. He builds robots too, not because he's interested in technology, but because he's interested in understanding people. I'm so happy to finally meet you. I am so excited about being friends. In a study from 2018, Brian brought a robot into the homes of kids with autism spectrum disorder. The robot worked with the child for 30 minutes every day. Its job was to interact with the kids and their caregivers through games and storytelling. Let's pick up from where we left last time. Move each item into its proper box. All the children who worked with the robot showed gains in their social behavior, like they got better at eye contact or initiating communication.
0: So why do children with autism spectrum disorder respond in this way to robots? I thought I had the answer to that eight times now over the last two decades. Um, We've tested seven of these ideas and they were absolutely false.
4: His guess is that robots don't trigger complex social behavior.
0: When the robot does something, for example, like turn and look at you and make eye contact, you respond very uh, naturally to it and it triggers that social response in you. But it's not so socially complex that you feel embarrassed by what the robot thinks or feel that the robot is judging you in some way.
4: For many of the kids, the robots gave them opportunities to do what they might not be willing to do with another person.
0: That experimental sort of attitude allows them to train that social behavior and then transfer it to interactions with people.
4: And that relates back to his mission, to use robots not to change the physical world, but to help people, like a good coach or therapist might. I think we'll make lots of great memories together over the next four weeks. Each day I will have some games to play. I'm really excited to play. Which game would you like to play first today? Now, if only the Bee Robot and this robot could teach each other social skills, or how to waggle dance. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly Deed.